This is Audio Gyan and I am your host Kedar Nimkar. Welcome to a deep dive into the minds of luminaries from the Indian creative world. Welcome to Audio Gyan. This is a part of a series where are the designers. It's a 12 part series featuring few of the top influential design leaders in India talking about the process of hiring, challenges in finding and retaining talent. and some tips for young designers to make a cut after they apply i'm so happy and proud to introduce my co-host for this series abhinit tiwari uh, he works at gojek hey abhinit welcome hey, back hey kedar happy to be back again we we took a fair bit of a gap between the last one and this one now yeah yeah it's been like what two three weeks but yeah yeah cool and uh, yeah today we have uh, shreyas uh, satish with us on audio gan uh, shreyas is the founder and ceo of own path uh it is a it is dedicated to help professionals grow in their careers uh through lifelong learning and professional networks uh we'll know more about own path uh in our conversation um shreyas was previously with hasgeek and mapunity uh thanks shreyas for giving your time and it's a real pleasure to have you on audio gan thanks kedar and abhinit for having me also we have uh, like a rapid fire round especially for this series and uh, these questions were not shared so i hope uh, your game for like a quick whatever like just a warm up round to to get to the actual questions so sure. cool um so the first one is uh, your favorite buzzword in the recent time within the design community of india like aajkal kya chal raha hai like buzzword kya hai hmm it's a rapid fire round <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. No pressure, Shreyas. We'll edit the gaps. Webflow. I'm noticing a lot of webflow conversations. Sure. Which one? Webflow. 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 Okay. Uh, I thought it was. It was just like you. You really gave like an important answer, but uh, <laughs> I was thinking that e-shops, yeah, so much will be there. Like design leaders. I am a mentor. I am a speaker. Those will be there. But okay, yeah. These days, so it's salary survey, sir. Ah, uh, salary. Yes, yes, <laughs> and design titles also quite interesting. Yeah. Anyway, the second is uh, what do you look in a designer? Attitude or aptitude? Both are important, but uh, if rest, that go with aptitude. Okay. Ah, uh, recently found app which you liked? Wow, this is uh, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like a recent uh, app that I installed? Yeah, I mean, like you, found you, you, you found found yeah. anywhere. You've heard about it, found it, used it. And the one I use most is Notion of late. Um, okay. So definitely have very good things to say about it. Super. And the one which you hate the most? Oh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> most hated. Too many. Yeah. I think government apps in general. Okay. Mm. Nice, nice. Okay. That that's so, a very diplomatic answer, Shreyas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your favorite typeface? Ah, oh, I'd probably go with the one that we're using right now, Rubik. Rubik. Okay. Do you have any favorite design quote or any quote in general which you like? Good designers invisible. Okay. Now this is a fill in the blanks. This is a new format. Abhinid. Okay. Fill in the blanks. Designers should design and dash. Communicate. Wow, ये सब जगह डालना चाहिए था actually हाँ ठीक है. Design school 
डिजाइन क्लास सेल्फ टॉट डिजाइनर होम वुड यू पिक एज अ मेंटोर एट ओन पाथ लाइक फर्स्ट पास फ्रॉम डिजाइन स्कूल और डिजाइन क्लासेज और डेवलपिंग Whereas there are aspects to the CEO which you're more excited about the outcome than the process itself, but you have to keep going because the outcome is what keeps you going. Awesome. Uh, Zoom or in-person classes? So this is tricky. Uh, I think both, but this is a rapid fire, so I can unpack this a later if you like, since it's so relevant. <laughs> yeah. So so Abhinit is making notes anyway, so he'll circle back on certain questions. All right. That was. The rapid fire round. <laughs> Abhinit, you want to go first? Yep, let's start. So, shares to kick things off. Let's talk a bit about you and own path. If you could tell us why did you decide to start up with this? Is there anything missing in the current educational setup? And there are already a lot of classes and cohort-based programs now. Right. So, what is it that you think? is triggering all of these things all of a sudden sure uh, can i give you a bit of back story uh, yeah yeah to what's happening at own path so i think there like quite a few experiences i have had in my life that have like nudged me towards what i'm doing right now and that's kept me going because doing a company is just mind numbingly hard right so one of the earliest experiences i remember was when i was i think around 10 um my mom actually had uh, quit her job when i was born and uh, and then my younger brother was born and she didn't really get back to work for like very long time and when i was 10 she wanted to get back to work but she couldn't because she used to be a banker and like atms had become common technology had changed and like becoming a banker itself that you know that profession had changed by the time she wanted to get back so mm-hmm. the alternative she was considering was okay maybe i'll you know uh, Become a teacher in a school. So, and I still remember the day when she came back from the interview and she said, "You know, these folks asked me if I had experience with teaching." Um, and I told them I only had experience with teaching my kids, but no real experience with teaching. You know, then and how am I supposed to have that experience in the first place if I don't like you know have that experience? Like, there's this catch twenty two problem that happens when you're you know making that career transition. Yep. Of course, only later on I sort of realized that. the issue there was less about my mom and more about the education system which doesn't really help people prepare one for jobs as well as it should be and second help people adapt to changing circumstances right i think this whole model of you learn something for like four years and then you, you know you set for life is just totally obsolete has been totally obsolete for a long while now right um yeah. so i think on a sort of a macro picture that that's that's the problem I, that's the premise i started with basically how do we have a system that's more adaptable that's more around lifelong learning like um, you know it has introduced me i think the other aspect of course is design because people sometimes sometimes ask me why design why is, what is this uh, interest in design i've been excited to learn about design for a few years now and i fortunately had a few friends who were designers in fact my housemate was a designer and incidentally he was teaching a course at nid 
Um, and there was this one day when uh, I asked him, can I just like pop in to your course at NIT? Right? Like, and he, he said, I would be happy for you to come, but I don't think NIT will allow Right? And interestingly, I, I think later that year, it was, I was on a visit to the US and uh, I was staying near um, Palo Alto and I got a chance to visit Stanford on a fairly regular basis, right? And I sat in on a few talks, I went to some workshops and I think my biggest takeaway from that was sort of how open that environment was, that I could just mm-hmm. walk in, I could just go to a workshop, I could just sit in on a talk, I could talk to people that I could talk to a professor, right? And that sort of an environment didn't seem uh, particularly accessible to me in India, right? So I think those were like fairly key influences in me getting to think about how do we like imagine an alternative in India, especially, right? An alternative to the traditional system, which is more open, which is more social um, to learn because I've really enjoyed learning in a social environment. I, um, and and honestly, this is something I wanted for myself. Like it started off being, I want to learn design, more about design. And I think that I really love learning that and by building projects and by you know, learning from um, senior folks. And it, it, was, it, it really started from there, mm-hmm. uh, solving that problem for myself. Uh, but but with, with the larger sort of premise of, we don't have an education system that has sort of kept up to what uh, is actually required. Sure. So would you chalk up the recent rise of such programs to basically, you know, the lack of whatever needs the the education system uh, currently is not fulfilling? Or do you think there are more reasons to why these things are emerging than that? I think the pandemic has played a role um, Mm -hmm. in in terms of, because uh, a sort of a cohort-based course does multiple things for people, right? I mean, learning mm-hmm. skills is obviously one, but it also gives you a focused environment in which you share a certain purpose with other people, mm-hmm. right? And that sort of brings in the sense of community that helps form bond, helps you make friends. And I think those side of those sort of environments have been very uh, lacking, especially during the pandemic, right? Um, sure. And it's a fairly rude shock to go from, you know, for a lot of us being in a social environment, hanging out with friends, to all of a sudden finding ourselves at home all the time, not going out much. So I think that's the other aspect that programs like this solve, right? Which is providing a social environment in which those friendships can develop. Because I think learning is not just in a formal way that it happens, right? You don't just learn from a mentor or a teacher, but in the environment where you're building something with a friend, then you learn together. Sure. I think there's that aspect to it as well. And of course, uh, people who are making career transitions want a structured learning environment because I think the issue that's happened with the internet is as as amazing as it is to have all, the, all of this information. Now we have the other problem, which is there's too much information now. How, and how do I make sense of all of this? Like, who do I ask? Who do I trust? Where do I even start? Right? And what do I do if I get stuck? Like, these are the sort of questions that people tend to have. And a structured learning environment sort of solves for this and helps them focus and know that okay these are the things i need to focus on this is who i should ask and this is what's going to happen at the end of it so i think it sort of helps provide some level of certainty which i think people really have like sure hmm. that's but, interesting yeah Kedar, please go on yeah. no i just wanted to ask you then when you went to nid like i didn't go to nid as in yeah yeah when when you wanted to just like check out was the scene there did you hmm. find any difference between 
you said uh, it was quite open at Stanford and like a different kind of environment. So did you reflect back and see that there's some, as in why, one, why should like a university or a, or a college let you in if you're not academically or like enrolled there? You have given some thought around it. Where is the gap? So to understand your question correctly, uh, are you asking why is it not open in India or, or yeah, are you yeah. asking why? Yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm not sure why, to be honest. Um, okay. I, th- I think traditionally, there are roots of education which are quite problematic in the sense that traditionally knowledge has been yeah, uh, safeguarded or sort of protected, uh, mm-hmm. if I can even use that word, right? By certain people who have been in power from certain other people, right? Um, I don't know if it actually comes from there, but but the reality is that it does feel fairly sort of inaccessible. Right. Mm. I think some universities have tried to um, make it more accessible. So I think IASC does public talks. Some universities do hold exhibitions, but I don't think it compares to sort of the level of openness in the US. Mm. At least mm. from my experience of visiting both Stanford and Northwest. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a function of college versus university. Maybe universities have bigger campus. So I think uh, Kalina, you can walk in anytime. BHU, you can walk in anytime and just see like some random classes as opposed to like a standalone college, which has a campus, but still it's it's a single college. Maybe that could be a function. I don't know. But yeah, uh, just like for the digression. Yep. Yeah. Another thing is stress, like when you talk about mid-career designers, right? Uh, so fine, we don't have a great educational setup, but then you get into a company. Most of these needs, do you like, they should be fulfilled within the company setup at least. Do you think like organizations these days are not doing a good enough job of providing, you know, that those answers that you said these people are seeking within the organizations? So from my understanding, it seems like there's very few companies that have, um, you know, Mid, even mid-sized design teams in India, right? Of course, mm-hmm. your team is, is almost an anomaly, right? In terms of mm-hmm. how mature it is. From my observation, a lot of designers work in either very small teams or even sometimes they work as a solo designer. And sometimes they don't even report to mm-hmm. a designer, right? And what they tend to miss is feedback on a craft level in terms of how they can actually improve as a designer. And that's what they really look for and they don't get that. And, and that's where they look for mentorship outside of work. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I want to know is like, could you unpack this fellowship business for us a little bit? Yeah, and, and also yeah. what what own path, uh, I mean, now it's the curiosity is building since I've read about it. If you can also give me like a, give us like a brief idea about what what exactly, is it a course? Is it a, is it a program? Uh, and then maybe like what Abhinita asked about the fellowship, is there any criteria or something like that? Right. So uh, the product design fellowship is a four-month intensive program, right, where junior designers define their own project, work in teams, and at the end of it, showcase their project on demo day. Right? It's not a traditional course. There are, of course, masterclasses. We do have sessions where you know they learn from design leaders like Abhinit himself. But really, the key focus is them defining a project, learning how to identify a problem um, and iterate towards a solution. And what we're trying to really achieve here is several things. Okay, so from, from the learner side of things, we're trying to put them in an environment where they become comfortable with ambiguity, with uncertainty, right? When nobody's around to tell them what to do, are they capable of identifying a problem, 
and you know working towards a solution do they have some process where if they feel stuck they know that they have to go back to go back and talk to users or they may have to iterate on the solution a little more or they have to go talk to a senior designer for some guidance right so i think what we are trying to create is this environment in which they which acts as a forcing function for them to like really push themselves an environment in which they may not have found themselves before so that is one that's the purpose of that's sort of the thinking behind uh, the fellowship the other aspect is from the company side of things what we really want to do is the fellowship should become a very strong signal for employers when it comes to hiring right essentially what we are trying to communicate here is anybody who is graduating out of a fellowship has demonstrated a very strong sense of ownership because they actually defined the project and saw it through at least one or two iterations right they demonstrated grit right because it takes grit to actually work through a intensive program like this even for four months and some of them did this while holding a day job right uh, it also demonstrate communication skills because they have to present their work on a regular basis right whether it's through internal review sessions whether it's through a demo day they have to communicate otherwise they don't sort of quote unquote graduate right mm-hmm. they have to collaborate they all work in teams right mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that i'm really excited about for the future is how we can have sort of a learning environment resemble an actual you know product team the sense that can we have a product pod right where you have a product manager and a product designer uh, working together to build the product right and so that the experience is as real as actually can be right sure so this is what we're trying to do basically create a very a high signal proxy for employers uh, that they can use to uh, determine hey this person has gone through an intensive program these are the attributes i can tell apart from of course the technical skills that this person is supposed to have in terms of design or in terms of any other craft fair helping them sure. uh, one interesting thing there shares like your stress on designers being able to find a problem right that feels a little personal i sense there is some something behind it because typically what we are used to hearing is designers are problem solvers right and the problems are generally surfaced in organizations by the business people right because they are the ones who understand you know the business models they are the ones who set the goals or product managers right why such a stress on designers being able to identify problems for themselves so i'm not sure if it's a linear process or it's best done as a linear process in sense that you know a designer or an engineer is given a problem and that problem mm-hmm. is never questioned or not refined and sort of they start working on the answer right i mm-hmm. think a lot can be learned by questioning the problem itself right mm-hmm. and sort of digging deeper and really understanding the question for getting to the solution this sure. is something that i've observed in my own practice before i have observed in um, you know some of the students that we also work with right which is there's this ten- tendency to focus a little too much on the solution right or focus a little too much on the first solution sometimes and then get excited by it and sort of get distracted on distracted almost right whereas i think our emphasis here is while solutions of course are important of course we are here to solve problems but let's make sure we are solving the right problem mm-hmm. sure i hope that answers your question yeah yeah it does in fact um, with her tangent le raha hu so uh, like one of my friend was asking ki designers karte kya hai and i have this example and i think i'm stuck with that example if you can help me 
with a similar example it will be great so ek example which i give is the product manager will come with a solution most likely ki yaar ac ka remote bada kar do and to which the designer asks ki why and he says like it gets lost like sometimes in the couch or sometimes below the pillow or some bed ke niche it it's small and it just gets lost to which like i say that like a decently experienced designer might think of some solution but like yeah i mean maybe like a more experienced designer would say ki yaar is remote chahiye kyu right the problem yeah. is like exactly yeah. directly like sensors laga do room mein koi hai to ac on otherwise off something to that effect but that's one solution that's one scene or situation which i have you have any other like one example which you can give where you try and push the designer to find a problem so can i talk about my own personal experience with this please yeah yeah, yeah. so the first year of own path was i was essentially trying to figure out a better online learning experience right so it was around okay how do you make the experience interactive and social so you know how do you design exercises in a way that people don't get bored that was essentially my focus right but in about a year or so i i had to take a step back and realize wait what is the actual problem trying to solve here is there a market for this problem are there enough people who are willing to pay for this problem and how big of a problem is this even right because this seems like a problem that i am personally more excited about but it has to also meet what people actually require right so that's sort of when i had to take a step back and understand wait what does the people actually want and in that framework how does this better learning environment fit in does that make sense so i think yeah. it, it is super important to like take a step back now and then to really identify wait is this the right problem to be solving and it's sort of then when i actually had a chance to you know talk to abinith about really doing the program for uh, their senior designers sorry set their senior designers and um, also in parallel thinking of a program for people who are making a career transition right because i recognize the actual problem in the market is people want to make this difficult career transition with so many question marks and that's where this better learning experience quote and quote can actually be useful right instead of it being a thing in itself because one of the other things that to sort of you know accept almost is for a lot of people learning is a means to something right especially in india which is very understand, understandable that learning is usually a means to either a job or a promotion and sometimes of course it is an end in itself but when you're running a business it really becomes important to identify wait what is the problem that people are more serious about especially when it comes to you know paying for it right so this is the kind of experience i had for myself in terms of wait zeroing in on the actual specific problem that will keep my business alive instead of just like going after problems that i am personally excited about hmm interesting there's a famous quote ke that uh, it hmm. goes something like the customer doesn't want a 9 inch hole you know 9 inch drill the customer wants a 9 inch hole in their wall yeah right? exactly <laughs> yeah correct correct oh yeah speaking about um, who are the people who want this right so is there any criteria to apply for own path as in like is there a judging process that this is this person is allowed this person of this background is is uh, most suitable and there are any deal breakers because wohi hai matlab dan bhi satpatri rehna chahiye na matlab like jisko de rahe ho usko like that person should value also right so it's it's a tricky one right you can't teach everyone so how does that happen right so i've actually written a blog post about this mm-hmm. but 
we actually want to admit as many people as possible right it is in sort of in the service of our mission it is actually also a business interest to admit as many people as possible while of course holding some level of standard right but the main decision that we are essentially taking is is this the right time for this person to come into the program that is it right it's, it's almost never that this person has a wrong background or it, it's almost never that the case mm-hmm. with that it's mostly a question of does this person have the requisite background so that they are feeling like they're part of the rest of the cohort that they're part of the cohort which is also at a similar level because you all have to work together right so you can't have people with very different experience levels working on projects together at, at least in learning environment so that's the thinking behind behind that but we don't really reject people and that is something that i don't really like from you know from the university side of things because i have had my applications turned down by universities like way back as well right like i know how it felt being felt like when i was rejected by mit right so i don't want to be in that kind of a situation where you know we are rejecting people because i don't think we are some arbiters of who gets to learn or who doesn't get to learn. absolutely not we definitely see it as hey is this the right time will you benefit the most by joining us right now if mm-hmm. not here are certain resources that you can use to learn and come back to us for the next cohort or maybe two cohorts down the line we are still going to be here and we'd love to admit you awesome but that said some requirements we look for is you know at least around 2 years worth of experience in a design field whether that's digital design or graphic design are they able to communicate their work with some clarity um i think one of the sort of anti patterns if you will i've seen across profiles is i just see screenshots of like you know graphic design with like zero explanation i don't know if this person has designed it i don't know if it is team has designed it sometimes i have no idea right like so which is why we sort of try to get them to communicate with who designed this how many people actually were part of it what is the impact and it's okay if it had no impact i mean that's fine but at least what is the result of it what did you learn from it i think the learning part is actually what we really look for are you able to reflect on what you did zero judgment on whether something worked or not because sometimes sometimes it's not in our hands but are we able to reflect and learn from what happened so th- these are some of the sort of signals we look for to prioritize applications not so much reject mm-hmm. and the reason why i ask you is because uh, when i was in book my show i had a very huge team of about 35 not as compared to gojek but yeah it was pretty huge for me coming from clear trip 30 35 designers uh, in the graphic team and most of them were really good at their craft but somehow graphic design where what's the north star where the graphic design as a profession will go maybe they were not exposed to that so everyone just wanted to be part of the product team or the ui ux team whatever they call it and they wanted to do courses they were coming to me and saying ye course karu kya wo course karu kya and i was clueless what to do so have you seen or what has been your observation with respect to graphic designers transitioning to become uh, ui ux because in my opinion they are like two different breeds all together especially when i have i speak to illustrators and and graphic designers of like 20 30 years of experience there's a huge learning in the graphic space also so i treat them as two different spaces but somehow a lot of people are confused you see some patterns there or any observations you want to share so from the folks have seen it own path i think the challenge is mostly around the medium right uh basically understanding what are the limitations of the digital medium what are the possibilities right? like for example what are the apis available on say chrome right i mean this just takes a little bit of learning 
And then, of course, understanding and designing for an interactive medium. Because usually, like, for example, we have somebody coming in from textile design, right? I mean, while their process of understanding who you're designing for, understanding what your budget constraints are and so on might translate fairly well to product design as well, understanding the medium becomes the main thing, right? Sort of thinking through that whole experience that somebody is going to go through. But these are skills that, that I think can definitely be learned because I, at least in my opinion, the harder thing is taste. And that I found that they usually have. And yeah. Interesting. Before we jump next, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay, uh, welcome back to the show. So, Shit, could you dig a little bit more into how has the experience been so far uh, with conducting the cohorts that you have? Um, is there any particular insight about, you know, their psychology or any observations or patterns that you've seen after giving this a few trials uh, that you'd like to share? Right. Or how do you judge the taste also? Yeah. <laughs> or how do you build the taste? I would say not judge, but build the yeah. taste because that has been my personal curiosity. All all my the people whom I work with, I just say, yeah, dekho like, matlab, thus type ke, thus genre ke gaane suno and thus uh, like just explore and expose yourself to variety of things. So, yes, absolutely. And uh, I was actually thinking about this, right? And one is like you said, really observing amazing work out there, sort of trying to reverse engineer wait, what might have gone into it or what makes something good, good, right? So that's one. Uh, but I think the other thing that at least I personally benefited from is just hanging out with people who have significantly better taste than I do, right? Like I, years back, I didn't have good taste when it comes to design or writing, what have you, right? Or writing code or what, like I noticed my own writing significantly improved after spending a few months writing my statement of purpose. And I had somebody mm-hmm. helping me uh, writing that, right? And, and he really put me through like some level of rigor, right? Like he, he made sure every sentence was proofread and he made sure I was crafting it well. He made sure every paragraph was flowing well, one to the next, right? And that sort of really changed how I write. Like I would I would look back at my previous writing and I would cringe, right? And this is the same experience I had with uh, programming, that right? I was lucky to have bosses who really made sure I was writing good quality code, right? Uh, I was lucky to make, uh, sort of have folks who had much better taste in terms of design than I did. And that's how I sort of picked up my own taste, right? And I found that this applied across, whether it's cooking, whether it's how you treat people, right? Like the, all of this I've learned by just hanging out with the people who had better taste, right? And that's also sort of what we're trying to create with this environment, right? Like just by exposing them and getting feedback from folks who much further ahead in terms of learning curve, in terms of taste, I think it's just so much more faster to pick that up. In terms of being able to tell if something is good or not, why something is not good enough, right? Because I think once you show something like enough number of times, just like a mentor, you're able to predict what your mentors might say. At least that that's definitely happened to me, right? So I think that's definitely helped build taste. And of course, the other thing is sort of really observing high quality work and understanding what went into it. Mm-hmm. And to answer Abhinit's question, in terms of psychology, 
I think this is really tricky to answer without <laughs> causing controversy as such. It's okay. Feel free. Nobody we, we love we love controversies. <laughs> so one thing, like I mentioned earlier, was I think falling in love with the solution, right? Like mm-hmm. it's because sometimes it's folks come up with the first solution and they're just really reticent to let go of it. Falling in love with the problem, right? or or at least falling in love with the fair framing of the problem, right? And sort of mm-hmm. helping them feel. little detached towards both the problem and the solution because it's important to learn that you may be solving the wrong problem the first place plus means forget about the solution and thing right so that's one so i think learning to take feedback is also a skill i think it's very easy to get defensive especially when taking feedback you know slightly public setting i mean it's not obviously not totally public if there's like you know 10 people in the cohort uh but even then it i think it it requires some level of um maturity if you will right to to be able to take feedback in a way that's not personal and we of course absolutely make sure that no feedback is personal on any level right it's always about the work and how the work can improve um and one more thing is like uh this is really interesting because you don't you don't just want these folks to be students right you want them to teach each other as well right Yes. So yes. how's that worked out? Like did it work out exactly like you hoped it would? Or did it take some coaxing or I think it actually worked very well because they I I understand they created their own WhatsApp group and uh, and apparently was buzzing in terms of, you know, them discussing what's going on, the challenges they were facing and so on. So I think we we did fairly well in creating this environment which resulted in a community. Right? And I hope these folks will stay in touch for a really long time and they have suddenly had this peer group that they can you know run their ideas past or you know potentially build side projects with and so on yeah and i think we also had uh, peer review sessions where mm-hmm. we had these folks provide feedback to each other which also helped because that's something that they will be expected to do at work and it's important that they know how to sort of structure their feedback and again in a way that's not personal and that's actually constructive sure i very strongly relate to that personally because uh, i barely went to college uh, my college was all of 3 years and i don't remember a single lecture from any of my professors uh, god bless them i'm sure they were good but i've never been able to learn in a classroom setting right like i zone out but everything that i've learned even to this day it's because of the batchmates that i lucked out to have in my batch right it was these people who were geeking out on stuff it was these people who kind of inspired me to not just sit on my computer and watch movies all day but do something productive with my life because all of these other people were so i find this very interesting and very intriguing and good to know that it's working out there uh, and good to know that it didn't take a lot of coaxing for you right for this to get going yeah i think it being so intensive may have contributed towards this <laughs> advertently like if, if like if it was just a series of lectures i think it it may not have had this effect and because it was so intensive that it sort of get got them to form a community sure yeah we'll change gears a bit because uh, i think we have covered a fair bit of uh, the designer aspect of it um, as in like the people who come to learn and come to build be in that environment which is conducive the business side of things so chairs if you can give some insights on um, like what are the important considerations uh, which uh, designers are oblivious to or are not aware of uh, from a business standpoint the business realities the ground realities of uh, operations and and 
uh, a lot of people have been saying this that design should be at the table but i believe it's just another cog uh, in the entire scheme of things so uh, any any take on that does the program cover that uh, make them sensitive sure so um i think again i can speak about this from personal experience as well <laughs> um so i believe good products really take time capital blood sweat and tears to build right and hopefully not blood but uh, they just take a lot of time and effort to build right and uh, i think it's important to realize that because as craft people there can be this tendency to over index on perfectionism right like especially in the initial stages right like we want to get that initial product really good and before we ship it of course i'm not generalizing but there is this tendency to ship things that you're not proud of but the consequence of doing that is potentially lost business potentially late being late to the market right um i think just understanding this is really important because products don't happen in silos they happen in a certain context right that context is the business in which it operates and the business itself operates in a market context and the timing needs to be ready for a product to actually be successful so there are all these things that really require for a product to actually work in fact like most products fail right i think the recent statistic i thought i saw was like about 72% of products fail at least when it comes to new product development yeah yep. right and why is i mean that that seems very odd so many products fail and at least my understanding is that either it's because people are building the wrong product right or there's not a big enough market for the product that it sort of eventually died or they're not charging enough for the product right it doesn't have a sustainable business model um so i think it's very easy to forget that products require this context in which they thrive right it's sort of like i guess like plants right like it it needs a certain kind of soil it needs you know water and all these it needs sunlight and without which there is no plant right so i think maybe that's a reasonable analogy mm. and it's easy to sort of forget all of this and just focus on the plant but you also need <laughs> that broader context for product as well and do you get some sure. pushback from the designers when you try to Yeah, teach them these things because just yesterday I think I saw Andy Bud uh, raging on Twitter about the same thing that hey designers kind of uh, you know that they, they never seem to get that this is not the right time for perfection they don't seem to you know empathize with business and I saw some people replying there with similar things that you said shares which is that. you know engineering seems to get it far better engineering understands that there is premature refactoring that you know when you're launching a product it's basically a shot in the dark and there's a high chance of it failing so why make things perfect do your designers tell you like why are you telling us these things or why is it like isn't it just good enough to make great products and people will come it's hard i think it really takes time to drive this home and i think it just has to come through personal experience and which is why we get them to have this personal experience right of creating a product themselves and being emotionally attached to it i think that's the other aspect right because they define their own project there is this emotional attachment that also comes in and once that attachment comes in you don't want mm-hmm. to see something ugly that you're putting out that you're so emotionally attached to right especially as a designer right so i just think it takes time to learn but it it is something that we do emphasize on um because hmm okay i don't i again i don't want to sound controversial here but why <laughs> but i think it's important to realize the difference between product design and being a product designer 
mm-hmm. right? And that, that those two things can be different, right? In the sense that product design is like the result of many different forces, right? Like there's monetization, there's growth, and there's like budget constraints and all sort of things, organizational, stru- organizational structures, right? And there's, there's basically this thing called uh, Conway's Law, which says that you ship interfaces and software that mimics your communication structures. And then I've experienced this myself in my previous job, right? So, oh, yeah. Can, is, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 please go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. I was going to say that I can look at apps and tell what teams this company has. Right. So, so product design is the result of all these things, organizational structures, what is your growth strategy, who you're selling to, right? Like, for example, if it's an enterprise product, that can have a fairly significant influence on product design, how that product is designed, right? And I want to get into that a little more, but there are all these things that go into the design or of the product or the experience. I, th- I think it's really useful and important to realize that. And at least I'm more excited about the role of a designer as a facilitator in this whole process because they really understand, or at least they're supposed to understand what is the actual problem that you know the audience is facing, the user is facing. And how can we make sure that we're solving that problem? Because that's the short, short way of, you know, staying in business long time. Because if you build something that users really love, they'll keep giving you business. At least that's what I'd like to believe. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to some quotes, na, design legends ke quotes uh, negate karne Like I was reading one quote by Massimo Vegnili, ki if done right, it will stay forever. So yeah, it's a lot inspired like done right ke piche pad and then that perfection is difficult to achieve. So you end up just iterating without even testing. <laughs> yeah. And I think Vignelli did not meet this mess called software, no? Mm. Like, like he, was, he was a little ahead of his time. So I'm sure he's right when it comes mm. to print. He's right when it comes to, uh, you know, he did this graphics arts collection, right? He was right mm. about those things. Mm. Software is a stupid thing like mm. some of the civil engineers i've talked to they when they see what software engineers do in the name of engineering they refuse to accept that this is engineering right because <laughs> because software engineers like if you just dig into and chase is very well familiar with that right like software engineers know that everything that they make is going to be obsolete in six months and if it is not obsolete they'll make you know, make it obsolete themselves, right? So yeah. I think this medium itself has changed. Like mm. it's like an unstoppable force you know, meeting an immovable object, right? Unstoppable force being this design perfectionism, and the immovable object is the medium of software. Right? Yeah, right. interesting yeah. way to put it. Anyway, I think engineers also make this mistake in the sense that engineers love writing code. Right. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, you shouldn't be writing code because every line of code you write, especially if it's not earning you money, it's, it's, it's a liability. You have to sit around and maintain it. And who's going to do that? Who's going to do sales if you're, you know, sitting around, sitting around making code? Right. And there are times when you have to use, you know, some form software or whatever is already available and not fall to this tendency of being an engineer. Right. So I think it applies to engineers as well. So, which is why I sort of, I think it's more about the, craftsperson trying to build a business and that's the challenge to overcome. Right? Like how do you sort of take off that hat or you know when to take off that hat and when to sort of be a little more pragmatic in terms of shipping and learning from that experience as well. Mm. Yeah, I think the other thing I, I want to talk about, which I'm actually curious to know what you folks think is I have sometimes seen this tendency of not putting stuff out there almost out of, out of a fear of it being sort of invalidated in some way. 
right? Like if you put something out, what if nobody likes it? What if like, you know, you don't get good feedback or what if nobody uses it? I have seen that at times, but I think what's really important to learn and this is something that we again help these folks learn is you have to iterate quickly. Like you have to put things out there. It doesn't matter. If you feel embarrassed, feel embarrassed. Get over it, right? Because you're not going to learn until your product meets reality, right? No plan survives. I think there's a saying, right? And like no plan survives, you know, the actual battle or something like that. Yeah. But mm. essentially you have to put it out there and learn from what feedback you're getting from users and use that to iterate because it's, like, it's all about that iteration. Yeah, mm. yeah true, true. Like Austin Cleon's book, man, Show Your Work, that guy wrote a New York Times bestseller on, on, on this one topic. And it's a beautifully illustrated book. And that's one book I give almost all the designers. But yes, I do have to say that in the environment today and with the quality of feedback you get, if you share your work on those popular websites, right? I'd be scared myself. Like, I'm glad, like, I was doing this 10 years ago, right now, like people just hate it. (laughs) Like, so any thoughts on the quality of feedback? Because it's very easy to tell people you should know how to take feedback, right? And it works great within a learning environment, which is curated. But Mm -hmm. internet these days is just silly. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, before Shreyas gives answer or just shares his views, I think Mira take thoda sa alag hai ye question pe. Ki why, I mean, yes, an artist wants appreciation. So an artist needs to be perfectionist or at least strive for perfection. I mean, that's what it is, that you have to do 30-40 years and then you have to go to the stage when the Guru says. But okay, that school works there. Here it's objective. I mean, even if I make like an ugly sign-up form and I get like million sign-ups a day, why do I need to validate it? Uh, with like a community uh, does that make sense yeah also, yeah and just to clarify uh when i said feedback in the context of putting work out there i, I didn't mean feedback in terms of other people telling you what how your work is i i meant it as hey this is my product and sort of seeing if people actually use it or not so that sort of feedback right mm-hmm. like usage feedback in terms of usage are people actually using it are people actually you know continuing to use it or are they dropping off so that's the kind of feedback I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Not opinions about what your product is like. Yeah, interesting. So I was just going to talk about, like, uh, we've talked about designers having a seat at the table. Um, we've talked about designers needing to understand, you know, the ins and outs of business. But does business value design stress in your opinion? Because I think you're also getting designers placed in companies and all, right? So you have a, perspective on this which we might not have what's your point of view on design being a competitive advantage like i'm a glass half full person on this i don't see a lot of companies who are making a lot of money simply as a result of shipping a great customer experience right where do you stand on this is design really a competitive advantage right i think it also depends on the market in which the mm-hmm. company is operating. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for example, in tech, I mean, Apple is a very evident case of differentiating on a better experience, right? But if you look at the airlines market, especially in India, right, uh, it's probably more about designing better processes to 
optimize on cost than on experience. I think Vistara is trying to differentiate on experience, mm-hmm. but by and large, it's about achieving low cost. So I think it depends on the market in which the product or the company is operating in. But I am optimistic about this changing for the better. And to give you an example, I think traditionally the enterprise software market has been pretty atrocious, if I can, uh, yeah, to be polite, if you will, right? I mean, in terms of the quality of software that they actually ship. And I think that's mostly, I don't think it's a reflection of the designers in that company, right? It's mostly a reflection of the business model, right? Because the buyer is different from the user. All the company cares about is selling and keeping that contract, right? So basically not devoting enough time or money towards credit design. But that has been changing over the past few years, right? If you sort of see companies like Slack or Notion or Airtable, they also make their money from businesses. But their growth strategy has been fundamentally different, right? They've gone with a bottom-up strategy where they've got individuals or small teams within companies to adopt their software, right? And if you look at Slack, usually it's been, you know, big companies, one team adopted it, they really liked it. And some other team saw it and they wanted to use it and that's how they grew. They didn't really need this massive sales force like a traditional enterprise company needed. Right? Mm. It's the same table. And, and of course, uh, I mean, I think you've used IRC before and Slack is not a traditionally new mental model, at least compared to IRC, right? It's, yep. it's obviously differentiating in terms of user experience, right? And it's the same case with Airtable. If you look at Google Sheets and Airtable, what is the fundamental difference here, right? You could make the argument that this is the next iteration in terms of how a spreadsheet-based software should work. Uh, of course, Airtable does not have numerical functions as sophisticated as Google Sheet does. But at the same time, Airtable does um, allow it to be used as a content management system. Right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so coming back to the point, these are these sort of B2B companies that are sort of bucking that trend and differentiating on experience. And that, I think, is very exciting. I think locally, I have only good things to say about Razorpay, right? Um, and they've really done well in terms of developer experience. Mm. So, and I think it's also gotten to a point where the standard for design with B2B is almost like people expect it to be as good as consumer apps, right? People mm. expect it to be as good as Instagram, right? And the, the standards have definitely gone up. So I am optimistic about it meaning good business also because now B2B businesses, especially in India, are appealing to global markets, right? It's not just India. And uh, so their design has to be, you know, top notch, especially when they are competing with companies, you know, in a little more mature markets like Western Europe or the US. Uh, so definitely hopeful in terms of some, some markets, whether it's in B2B tech in terms of design being a competitive advantage. But I think some markets just their nature of being low cost services there, it might be a little difficult to differentiate in design. Sure. That's an interesting view on that. So what I'm hearing is that if you're a designer and you want to work for a company which where you know design really makes a difference, uh, you'll have a better luck trying out in B2B markets than B2C markets. <laughs> I know it's a very mm. narrow reading of what you said, but that's what I heard. Uh, I mean, in, in B2C as well, there's, B2C is really wide, right? So in B2C, there are companies that appeal to a fairly wide section of the audience, which do take design seriously. I mean, like, of course, what you folks do or at home, what, you know, Swiggy does as well, or, um, you know, a lot of the apps do appeal to a fairly wide range of audience. But there are some companies that don't do that. They, that they appeal to other sections of the market where cost is more important. Right, mm. and uh, the experience is not as important. 
so i think i think it also depends on the segment of the market the priority but yes i agree with your uh, point that at least if i were a designer today i would probably look at companies where design is actually helping them differentiate mm-hmm. and and you have um, again like the the cohorts uh, any any indicators that people uh, at these designers uh, young designers are more game or more inclined towards b2c products as opposed to b2b you have seen any trend there um i i mean i i don't know if i can call it a trend i also don't know how they are informing their decision process right now <laughs> right mm-hmm. beyond it seeming cool to work in or you know i heard something interesting about it uh maybe i'm wrong i i don't know if there's a clear rationale in terms of why they want to work in a certain section of companies but one thing i will sort of emphasize on is especially as a crafts person i think it's also really important to go work where you will find good mentorship right mm-hmm. where different team in which you can learn at least that's what's personally been very helpful to me right apart from the company itself it what was what has been very important for me is who am i learning from right can i sort of really pick up on skills that they have that i don't have and sort of build that taste like i mentioned earlier i think that's also a very important factor because this is a craft that gets essentially gets built through sort of apprenticeship and even if you get hired from a company it doesn't mean like you know you stop learning right i mean the learning only starts getting even more real because you now you have clients to service you have products to share right so that the stakes on that learning have now just gone up right so an environment which fosters learning is all the more important cool i think uh, i have one last question abhinit you have anything more to ask before uh... i yeah i have lots of things one Please, thing uh, i want to know but i'm careful of the time as well one no, thing no, i okay. want to know is like uh, do you have any uh, anything interesting to share about what you found companies to be looking for in designers these days like because you're kind of you know finding a double you know product market fit right on one side it's what do designers need can i give them that and on the other side it's what do companies need so any interesting stories or any trends or any thoughts on what are companies looking for in designers i think this varies wildly <laughs> to be really honest with you right it uh, it because it really depends on who is the person hiring i found sometimes mm-hmm. companies have founders who are hiring designers but they don't really know how to hire because they don't come from design backgrounds or they have not really hired designers before that much mm. to the point of of course you know at the at this level of spectrum like a gojek or you know raygate so it usually somewhere in between the spectrum mm. but i think we are definitely <laughs> i don't see the emphasis on identifying the problem as much in the industry and i, I think that's a little unfortunate um i think the sort of boundary between product managers being responsible for identifying the problem and designers being responsible for delivering the solution is in my opinion unfortunate so i think the expectations companies tend to have is can this person you know rip out screens work with the pm to like you know create these prototypes and then work with the developer to like ship them so yeah i have not been too impressed in terms of what companies usually require from designers uh but we are definitely making sure we get these people to learn in a way that they are capable of performing in the most you know design mature company yeah i guessing that it's a bit diplomatic but theek is we will we talk about after recording 
yeah i wish i wish uh, we we should do like one more of the series also generally like a longer session but yeah because of the the format of this uh, one last question which i wanted to ask you shreyas was like since this is like own path now how do you envision the future of indian designers obviously india in a in a context of design digital design if you want to say do we see having more do we see having like design founders or or how like how would you continue the journey to to build like a good pedigree of designers uh, in india or or if you have other plans as well right so i don't have like a definitive answer to this question uh, i i think it's more going to be exploratory and i'm sort of just going to share what i have in mind and what i hope to see rather than what i think will happen mm-hmm. um i think just to the last point you made i'm personally more interested in seeing better design products and services than seeing more designers per se right and i think that like more people are responsible for design than just that right uh, and this goes all the way to founders and heads of other functions and what have so um that said i think there's still so many problems around us right and there's just still so much to do right i mean it might seem like there's just so much capital in the market so many companies innovating and all of that but there's still so many problems in fact we had our healthcare system essentially collapsing in the country right a few months back right i mean that's 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 just one of those problems but i think there's no shortage of problems in the coming years to work on so um one of the things i i'm really hoping that the gap is is that the gap shortens between people who are very comfortable with computing devices and people who are not right? and i'm thinking folks like you know uh, definitely my parents right who are nowhere as comfortable with phones or computers as i am or as my brother is right or folks who don't come from backgrounds where they've been used to using these devices or maybe they're sort of first generation mobile users right and we sort of saw that you know in the initial stages with the with the coven platform rolla right and it was in english and it it wasn't particularly clear how people who didn't know how to use this or weren't comfortable with english would use this i think they've now changed it to people can walk in and get vaccinated but the point is that i think we really have to figure out how to be include more people into this sort of computing revolution that's happening right that's definitely one i i, I hope to see happen in india because this is so many people in india and it's very, uh, i think twitter and linkedin might make it feel like a lot of people are already on this but you know uh, i am actually currently living in a tier 2 town right now and i've been living here this year and i know how many people are just not comfortable with these you know devices the, the ways in which they're not comfortable yeah, i think the other thing i'm curious to see is sort of more design at the level of systems uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of aid like tactical like interventions right so for example getting food delivered at home with a few buttons pressed is really cool but can we also account for all the plastic that's getting generated right how do we design for you know lesser plastic right or um you know building a better mosquito repellent sure it's useful but like how do we redesign our spaces so there are lesser mosquitoes in the first place right and this is by the way coming from somebody who had like dengue twice two years back so i think i also speak with some level of pain there so i think those are more on the macro level but i think on the micro level i i do hope we sort of as an industry definitely develop better taste in terms of what is respectful to users 
what is actually good in the longer term and not just like constantly optimize for like short term metrics like like show a pop up here or like check a box by default there and like you know these run some numbers in the short term but like what is the trust that you're building with users in the longer term and i really hope we take a deeper look at those issues as well because i think i i really think design better design can like save lives and can make you know our lives uh, much better than that it actually is right um, that was like lot of inspiration there so thanks thanks for sharing that with us cool uh, we'll conclude uh, yeah thank you thank you for your time and it was really wonderful having you and uh, obviously abhinit thanks for joining in anytime thank you both of you having me so uh, thanks for listening till the end uh, currently i'm heading the design at jupiter.money and we are hiring at all levels so visit jupiter.money/careers you can follow audiogan on instagram at audiogan moments and visit audiogan.com for more gan sessions abhinit you want to have like a plug yes uh, we are opening up hiring very slowly but shortly at gojek design you can follow us uh, at gojek design on twitter and we post all our openings there awesome Yes, I don't know when is your next cohort, and I don't know when this episode will go live. But uh, you guys, like, you want to just plug in, like, visit ownpath. xyz and anything else, people can connect with you. So, I mean, if you folks are interested in design education, please do follow ownpath underscore xyz on Twitter, and uh, please, you know, do subscribe to our mailing list as well, and watch out to some of the events that we're also going to be uh, increasingly doing. The next cohort is going to be announced soon. Yeah. I'd love to connect with more folks in terms of design education how we can help them in their careers. Awesome. All right, thank you. And that's it from today's gyan session. For show notes and more gyan, visit audiogyan.com. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to check our other interesting podcast on IVM network. You can listen to us on IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or any of your favorite podcasting apps. To stay tuned, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. at ivm podcast and if you wish to connect with me i am at audiogan moments on instagram until then take care